Good morning, LL Nation. What's good? Lucky Lefty Podcast. I am your guy, Sean Davis at SD2 Mike. The original Lucky Lefty himself, Malik Zaire. We are brought to you in featuring Anora Whiskey. Go to anorawhiskey.com for that premium American whiskey. It's only anorawhiskey.com. Today, Marcus Freeman, coaching hires, coaching flyers, and swinging big. And we like to hear that. And also, still on the recruiting trail for the class of 2022. Mm. You know the 2023 is heating up, but we forget the second signing day is coming up on that first Wednesday in February. And Marcus Freeman is trying to make way. We're still trying to add to the roster. We'll talk about that. But just in case you missed, oh, and another thing last night. <laughs> uh, Malik had a conversation with former Oklahoma quarterback Caleb Williams. We shared his thoughts not only about not coming to Notre Dame, but also a little beef he has with Notre Dame going back to his original recruitment out of Gonzaga High School in the D.C. area. Um, his beef was really with the, the former staff and how they handled things. Uh, said he, there's no way, I think his exact words were, I was ne uh, never a Kelly guy and never an N.D. guy read between the lines they didn't want a guy like me yeah it had nothing to do with his academics because if i'm not mistaken he was like a 3.9 gpa student smart kid at gonzaga high school so all the uh, notre dame fans that were in the chat trying to uh get defensive about notre dame has do we don't care we really don't care that he didn't transfer yeah we, that's not even the issue we would have loved it we would have it would have solved a lot of issues. Yeah. We don't care. No. The issue is they didn't recruit him. Yeah. Like, it's, it's deeper. It's bigger. This is bigger than Nino Brown. Bigger. This is bigger Crazy. than Nino Brown. Like, transfer, cool. But they didn't recruit you. They, just threw, an, they just threw an offer out there to just let people know, well, we offered them. And this is why we're in the state we're in right now. And these are the hurdles in recruiting that the current staff is going to have to overcome moving forward, especially with the quarterback room and the wide receiver room. A static to hear on yesterday reports of Marcus Freeman taking the lead in recruiting wide receiver from IMG Academy from Chicago, Carnell Tate. And talking to him every day. Yeah. That's what that's what a head coach is supposed to do. Get your hands on. That's what don't, a head coach is supposed to do. Don't leave it up. Don't leave it up to nobody else but the head coach. Exactly. You know, so Notre Dame fans, I'm I'm sorry that we had to suffer through what we suffered through. Someone telling us that our product wasn't good enough, because that's what we've been hearing. And the truth of the matter is. They just didn't want to put in the requisite work. Yeah. That's it. Just, That's all it is. Lazy recruiting. 
And now we have somebody that's willing to put in the requisite work to go out there and get the top elite talent at important positions and make things happen. That's all we need. That's all it's going to come down to because in making the gap and the jump, we've talked about different options. We talked about a superstar quarterback. Yeah. We've talked about recruiting the light, the right linebackers, getting on these receivers hands on. I mean, there's many different pieces that we've tried to address. Would the transfer portal help for next year? 100%, but it's got to be the right guy. Absolutely. Do we take another chance on a guy like Jack Cone style of quarterback to assist Tyler? I think that is only hindering Tyler if if we're not going to commit full way. So if we were going to bring in Caleb, I would expect us to rock with Caleb and have Tyler get another year of experience. If we get a another Jack Cone style, I think it hurts Tyler's development even more because this is not the time to be splitting time with a guy that's supposed to be ready. Because now I saw somebody said about Keaton Slovis, they was calling him to be a veteran backup. I'm like, this is not the NFL. Keaton Slovis is not going to go from a, a potential pick to a backup to a guy that hasn't played a full season himself. Like, no way. So we got to get realistic on this recruiting. And, and man, I mean, I think Marcus Freeman just being hands-on with one thing at a time is leaps and bounds, leaps and bounds ahead of what we had before because I don't remember a time where Brian Kelly made news on being hands-on where he just became that lead recruiter on a kid. Like, not at all. And on top of that, not only is he the lead recruiter, but as I said before, there's news that he's still going at the 2022 recruits that's yeah. still out there that Notre Dame was behind on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's swinging big. Yeah. He's like, what do I have to lose? Like, Hero Canoe is supposedly down uh, at the All-American Bowl getting ready to commit to Ohio State. He's like, what can we lose? Talk to him. Yeah. Just getting his ear. That's get all we want. Ear. Getting his ear. Just getting his ear. And that's what you have to do. That's what the big elite programs do. Alabama is talking to recruits in the middle of the season that they They're want to talking to our recruits. Absolutely. Yeah. So I it's mean, like it's, either it's, you want to play, either you want to play the big boy game, or go sit at the kitty table. And the former regime had us at the kitty table. Let's be. Let's keep it a hundred. Yeah, letting us letting guys walk away from us by not even trying. It's just not acceptable to get one game better. You we have to be on everything. You know, we have to be on everything. Lucky, lucky. Not, <laughs> Go ahead. We're not going into the season to compete to put our season on the game on the line and everything directed on a Wisconsin or a Pittsburgh. Yeah. You know, we're recruiting to beat Bama, Georgia, Ohio State. Thank you. And a potentially Clemson. So that's a full-time recruitment job because they're full-time recruiting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and see, that's the thing that I think, as I looked at the comments, like I said, guys, we respond. We appreciate everybody. The likes, the dislikes, everyone that gives us your time. Any time of day that you listen to the Lucky Lefty podcast, and we try right. to reply to all the comments. That's and right. The comments last night were talking about does he have enough transfer credits? And it's like, you know what? Anytime somebody says they don't want to come to know the name, we automatically get defensive. 
Yeah, we get the chance. start talking about the academics. It's like, don't do that. Don't. Because the show last night wasn't even about the fact that he didn't want to come. We were just passing along the information. Yeah, we were trying to be the lead on the info just to let our hopes not get up. You the know. big issue for us was what he said after that. Because that, that was his heart part. That gives you a big picture of what the perceived notion about Notre Dame out there is in recruiting with from these guys teams. that we want to get. Yes, four quarterbacks. Not just from any old regular recruit. These are guys okay. that could make a difference on our team. Absolutely. Right now. And that is the issue. These are the things that Tommy Rees and Marcus Freeman are going to have to overcome. They're going to have to overcome it. And it's unfortunate. But at least they're at least they want to put in the work, it seems. Yeah, I mean, all you can do is try. You don't know what recruit may like the way you recruit them. I think none of the you have to go in with the mindset that none of these kids want to go here. And you have to put on your best recruiter hat, eat them potato salad and and, and drink Kool-Aid if you got to. You know, it's that's just that's really what you're getting paid to do. You know, yeah. you're really getting paid to recruit and coaching is secondary because it's the easier part uh, that a university is looking for. You know, if you can recruit really well, you can hang around a program a long time. So what about, let's get to uh, some information. Someone that you know, uh, Aaron Kearney, director of recruiting. Uh, you know him very well. I think he's a good guy, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah he, you know, I, I feel like he's a good guy, but he got caught up in being part of the former regime. Yeah. And that just, you know, Marcus Freeman had to take a look at it and say, yo. It's just I, not good enough, man. Yeah, it's not good enough. <sighs> man, you got to, you know, I think it's just the strategies. At a time like this, you really want to, get the grains of what your foundation is. I think this is an important year for Marcus Freeman more so than five years down the road because this is where everything starts. Yeah. So he's probably trying to bring all his homeboys and the people that he can really, really trust. So it's not a really personal thing, but it's much more of a comfort comfortability for him. I mean, yeah. you know, Coach Kelly always kept BP really close, Beth Rex really close, and Michael Birch really close. And – you know, you always see him around. So I think he's just buffering his uh, his, his presidential cabinet. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> he said that thing is ready to rock and roll. So when recruiting rolls around, the whole ship is together. And then on top of that, not only Aaron Kearney leaving, but then we have Harry Heastan. The contract is final. Oh. The announcement should come sometime in the next few days. The ink is dry. The ink is dry. So, man, that's something. That, he uh, just locked in eight games that are absolute dubs. Locked yes. in eight guaranteed games right there. Yeah, and then yesterday, uh, the rumors had started since he visited doing bowl preparation. And yesterday, James Laurinaitis, Marcus Freeman's best friend, made the announcement on his radio show. Hey, oh, yeah. Just go ahead. You're gonna you're gonna go back to the Yellowstone Dutton Ranch, and and you're gonna be. <laughs> You know, uh, working under Rip, and you know, in a matter of a season, you'll become an expert rope uh, handler, much like Jimmy was. So you'll have that to look right. to, uh, which is That's nice. Right. You've always wanted to go west, and now you will. You are going west, my friend, but not quite that far. 
That's true. That's true. I will be the the reports, which I don't know how they got out, but they got out. Um, the reports are true. I am going up to South Bend with with Marcus. Um, you know this because obviously of our friendship outside yeah. of the show. I've been poking around with the idea of coaching for a couple of years now, and um, you know had had tried a couple of times um, here locally, and for whatever reason, uh, the situation just didn't come about. And so with your best friend getting the head coaching job. Um, it's a pretty unique situation <laughs> yeah. and a pretty um, awesome opportunity to go up there and and get started in the profession and, um, you know, and, and get going. So it's abrupt. You know, it's one of those things when I went and visited, it's a, it's a conversation. And then it's, uh, hey, when do, you, when do you need me to start? And <laughs> January 10th. Oh, okay. Um, really quick. Yes, sir. And so a lot of moving parts. But unfortunately, this, this is the last week of uh, Bishop Laurenitis, which makes me sad because I have truly enjoyed every single morning um, on this show with you um, and, and doing the show, man. It's been, it's been fun and you've carried me on your back. That's why you have back problems right now. <laughs> no, that's, uh, that's why you need a heating pad and a stem yeah. unit to get you through three hours of radio. But, but, um, it truly has been a blast, man. So that's Jane Laurenitis on Bishop and Laurenitis 97.1 in Columbus. And uh, making the announcement, talking about he doesn't know how the rumors got out. Come on, man, dude. He, he taking pictures at Notre Dame practices two weeks ago. <laughs> That's how the buzz got started. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. He, he knows. He knows. Yeah. I think he's just excited. Like you said, man, it was pretty abrupt because he said, when your best friend gets a job, you know you got a job, too. That's what he should have said. <laughs> and I think that will be good, too, just for him to – be a relationship builder in this first year. I think yeah. I'm just learning how to be a coach, which is different than way different than being a player, which I think they've had a lot of talks about. And for him, it's probably just being connected to those linebackers, especially the young ones. They're all kind of learning together in a sense, which would be good for the retention piece that we talk about uh, in that now that we're faced with, with the transfer portal, I think that recruiting piece that since that James Lord Knights is the best friend of Marcus Freeman, those kids, you know, when Marcus is too busy, can always relate to James and just be like, what's coach thinking, man? He tripping. What, what should I do? You know, those type of things, which are crucial because that's not a job title. You know, that's not a, a like a football therapist job title. You know, that's more of a uh, – that's just something that happens when you have great relationships with your players. And you got two best friends that played together at a high level, coaching together at a high level. I think that's just going to give great returns and make the program more relatable. I think we were a very antique type of perspective on our on our program. We are super, super traditional where kids couldn't feel like they could fit in that new flavor, that new swag kids is carrying these days. Yeah. But I think the, a great move with the head coach hiring his best friend who are both passionate football players that are still young guys that are that want, that want to get the ball rolling right now, I think it is a, a great way to break down that huge wall it appears to be that stands between us and the land of five stars. And the mentality. Let's talk about that for a second. Um, there's a mentality that goes into building and you can speak to this as well, bro, because I don't know if most of our listeners know at one time you were committed 
to Ohio State and Jim Tressel. So you were around the program and you knew the mentality of that program, championship, championship program. Heck, they beat one of the greatest college football teams of all time in a yeah. national championship game. Just bringing that mentality from Ohio State to Notre Dame and infusing it into what I call the best product in college football. What's the impact of that? Because there's a different mentality coming from Ohio State, Alabama, and Georgia when it comes to football. Yeah, I just think it's just the – I don't know. I do think that Coach Kelly's aura – played a huge part in just the perception of what kids are seeing from other schools that are very much highlighted. Like we have our own TV channel, NBC. That's an even old channel. If you think about it, like NBC is old. Ain't nobody. That's old TV. <laughs> yeah. So even that is like, man, my grandparents watch that. So I don't care about playing on that every Saturday, you know? So I think what Bama does and what Georgia does so well is that they're a fun culture. You know, it's just Georgia specifically, they kind of just popped up out of nowhere. And I think just the feel from that and the SEC feel, and you know the bag is down there, it just became a populist for a, a, a win right now culture. All these places that we're talking about, Georgia, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, are win now cultures. Whatever it takes, we don't care if we got to have a room full of five-star receivers or five-star quarterbacks. We're going to make it work, but we're all about winning now. And so for us to be a win-now culture, we got to have stuff like James Laurinaitis join the staff. We got to have stuff like Tommy being a young offensive coordinator, but also Tommy having an edge to him as well. I think we should throw in the fact that he got arrested. So if we ever had a Baker Mayfield on our hands, we would know how to relate. Be like, yeah, man, I went through it too. <laughs> you know, I mean? whatever the recruiting pitch you need to solidify the culture, I think all it takes is a couple classes. And once you see the wins come after that, and then those kids that visit through the year, and you're keeping it up and keep the momentum going, and they're seeing the competitiveness at practice and off the field and all that stuff, it's what makes it fun. But it is, it is a gap between not only the talent of five stars, but a the, the perspectives that, you know, Caleb wasn't even giving us a chance. <laughs> we talk about a team that played on New Year's Six consecutive years in a row. He was coming off of the Alamo Bowl, bro. He was coming off of the, the, the Charmin Bowl, you know, <laughs> the Toilet Bowl or something. And it, and it wasn't ringing to him like, oh, this is a top five team arguably every year the last five, six years. And I don't even want to go. And they got yeah. the best situation out of the top five. Yeah. We got a way better situation in Alabama, better situation in Ohio State, better situation in Clemson, better situation in Georgia. Well, about the same as Georgia. Yeah. I'm sure the way they recruit, they'll take Caleb in a heartbeat. They don't care nothing about who they got. <laughs> they won't care nothing about who they got over there. So other than Georgia, we the best top program with all the things that you would be looking for and he wasn't even considering it so it just shows that there's a huge gap between georgia alabama and clemson because even if you didn't want to go if the opportunity was there kids are like oh i'm it's gonna be hard to pass up on a 
Georgia or a Bama or a Ohio State. So right. it just makes it tough. Lucky Lucky Podcast, Sean Davis, Malik Zaire, discussing right now the hirings and firings and what's going on with the coaching staff. Uh, we talked about Aaron Kearney. We talked about James Laurinaitis. And Malik was just telling us about the mentality that needs to be infused into the program. You know, because all as it's an excuse. Can we just say it's an excuse at this point that we've been fed by the former, right? You know, it just have to be Notre Dame kids. They have to be the right fit. And we heard Marcus Freeman talk about fit. But, you know, kids are smart now, dude. They are. Just pointing out the two inside linebackers for Georgia, right? Because most people say immediately, oh, they play for Georgia. They don't go to class. Both of them are engineer majors. And both of them sport like a 3.7, 3.9. And they can play their tails off and they're going to the league. Yeah. So the days of prop, you know, prop 48 and all of that, that's over. Kids are smart. They have access. Yeah, to I mean, kids. that's such an old it's, narrative if you think right, about that's damn, near, that. that's damn near like saying black guys can't play a QB position. That's how old that that's old is. Too. That's old, yeah, that's too. old, old too. That. Yeah, let's like, go. The former didn't want to put in the work. That's it. That's it. They did. They didn't. And now, like, we have an opportunity, and we're taking big swings. We have a staff that wants to take big swings and go after the players, the big-time players, and the big-time coaches. And we'll get to that. Here's a question right now. Let's get to this first Super Chat. Beachville, we appreciate you. Thank you for the Super Chat. Great show as always, guys. Andy Class of 78. Wants to know who you will hear, who you hear will be the next defensive coordinator. Uh, it's a long list. Uh, of course, uh, we were say, talking about John Heacock. We were interested in watching that matchup, Iowa State against Clemson, and see how he fared as a defensive coordinator. The D.C. from Iowa State, uh, Auburn's defensive coordinator, former head coach of Vanderbilt, Derek Mason. I like Derek Mason. Strong candidate. I Great like Derek Mason, man. Great recruiter. He did him wrong at Vanderbilt, man. He, yeah. Another you know, great recruiter. Program Tennessee, B.C. Tim Banks is another great recruiter. Yeah, I like Tim Love Banks. to see him. Chris Ash, uh, he's with uh, – he had taken the job with Jacksonville under Urban Meyer. So more than likely he'll be looking to move. And a surprise is uh, Al Golden, former Temple head coach, and now he's the linebacker coach with the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. So once again, can we know, get Jimmy Johnson or one of them? Can you give me, give me something like Hall of Fame, you know? Once again, I do. You know the name we didn't hear? You know the name we didn't hear? Elston. <laughs> Mike Elston and Mike Trestle. I told you Mike Trestle killed his opportunity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was done. That put, that scheme he came into the game with against Alabama with, like, nah, mm -hmm. that's not gonna get the job done. But all five of those names, and matter of fact, I would put Heacock at the bottom of the list. Derek Mason and, and Tim Banks would be like one two for me. Yeah, well, like one, two. It, it should be a narrowing of that because Derek Mason would be a great fit, yeah, to what you build him because he's Young, but a little on the older, uh, the young, young age side. I think he's older, Marcus. But I really believe that when it comes to wanting to play for a coach, mm. 
Derek Mason fits the bill for what we're building. And I think he identifies talent really well and putting guys in the right spot. So, for instance, with all the athletes we're converting, switching, and doing the different things with, I really think he'll have a good eye in helping Marcus Freeman identifying which athletes can play at what spots. Because even though we'll have a bunch of guys that are very talented, you still really got to put those guys in positions where they can get the most out of their talent instead of just having them run around because they're talented. Oh, man. I'll say this, and the only reason, remember, remember we we did a show, and you guys can go check it out, it's archived. We did a show where we talked about Notre Dame modeling the program after the top four programs and yeah. what makes those programs special. And we talked about Alabama, and we talked about how Nick Saban, before the players, made the staff he built the foundation of the program. Like the coaching staff, is the foundation of the Alabama program because that is what draws the players Mm -hmm. and produces the players and develops the players. And he always has NFL representation. Just hanging around. Just hanging Hanging around. around. So that's why Al Golden and Chris Ash are both very intriguing. Even though Chris Ash has only been there for a year, uh, Al Golden was in the NFL before he went to Temple. He was around the Miami Hurricane program, Ames head coach at Temple. So Al Golden is very intriguing. I know yeah. some dust on his name. People might not remember how good of a coach he is because he wasn't as successful as a head coach once he got the big-time job. But Al Golden can recruit. Yeah. Al Golden is a relentless recruiter. And right and now I'll take a good recruit over a great – coach per se because with the schedule that we have is really about the talent we've been able to prove year after year we can really roll out some teams mm-hmm. off of just talent and it take care of itself and the coaching really is put more towards the situational football yeah where you take a time out here or you looking to go in the half or whatever the case is so Right now, talent and securing talent with retention is more important than just getting the guy that can just give you the secret esoteric knowledge of the game, you know. See, another super chat from Matt, 2011 GT. We appreciate you, my man. Is Tommy calling Dante every day? Is Freeman calling Dante every day? Hey, Marcus Freeman is relentless. He's, He's proven that. Whoever's at the top of the recruiting list Marcus Freeman is calling him every day. But the thing, too, is that uh, it's important for Tommy to be very involved. You know, when you hear stories like Caleb Williams, where his family is looking for a development Mm -hmm. phase and looking for learning more about the game and getting ready to think about the next level, Tommy's got to be heavily involved in that recruiting because he got to do some explaining. How is he going to make the fits? What's he going to break down? If he's not as involved because he's so focused on the structure of what he wants to put out there on the first game. It's just, it's just hard. And then when you're not calling Caleb Williams, you got me thinking that you in the lab with Tyler Buckner right now, drawing up stuff. So yeah, you got a recruiting has to be a, a big thing. I think for Tommy, it just, it's hard because you don't have a quarterback coach to go do that for you. That can 
necessarily be there with you uh, attentively as much as a quarterback needs to get ready. So I think if he had a, a, a quarterback coach or assistant, I think re- recruiting quarterbacks would be easier for us than getting guys that like, I'm sure Angeli didn't take no time to think if he wanted to go here or not. <laughs> you know, I, mean? I thought we probably called him and he, we probably made his whole year. You know what I mean? So I think that would help us in recruiting harder guys to secure. Let's see. Let's go to let's, – let's break the monotony of the coach talk and let's talk about some players. Uh, Houston Griffith decided to come back. Braden Lindsey decided to come back. Josh Love decided to come back, which is shocking to me because yeah. he was our starting right tackle. And honestly, I'm good with Blake at right tackle. So maybe maybe Josh can go inside. Yeah. You know that's that Harry Heastead effect, though. Yeah, he probably he probably wants to come back a year. I see year. I see what you did. I'm not about to I'm not about to miss out on that on that right. coaching for a year. Absolutely not. Right, right. Which, <laughs> which honestly, that gives more depth. I always love depth because Blake Fisher. You know, he got injured during his first season. To have Josh Lug back just in case Blake can't make it through a season at right tackle. We got depth. We got depth at right tackle. And we still have some youngsters coming in. So I'm all for the depth. I didn't understand it initially. But after a second thought, I'm like, okay. I can rock rock with the depth. Because now we can't have no excuses for being an average line or a young line. Because we got depth. We got experience. Yeah. The younger guys is pushing the older guys. You know, we even got some of that going on. So I'm excited that Harry gets, comes back to a stable. It's not like he's come back to something empty where he's got to build from scratch. And on top of that, on top of that, Isaiah Foskey is going to make an announcement on the 8th. Notre I think Day he's coming fans. back because if you wait now, Notre Dame fans, yeah, back. we're gonna. That's <laughs> what we do. That's what we do here. Like we step out on the limb while everybody wants to wait. Yeah. We he's step out on back. the limb of the yeah. podcast, and Isaiah Foskey's coming back. Look, he's got he's got to because first of all, look how fast it took Kevin Kevin Austin to put it out. He he didn't make no announcement about. Yeah, I'm gonna make it now. No. I think Fosky wants to give that uh that throwback 20 was it 2012 2011 LeBron yeah going yeah. going coming back home you know going to Miami <laughs> you know so it is good now I, I did think it was interesting uh reading into the Caleb thing how you had Joe Clatt talking about it's it's free agent season every year now for some of these really top players it really is and that even though Caleb Williams won and it looked like he would be staying. He can he a free agent go get that money, you know what I mean? And if Texas is doing stuff like giving you 50,000 just to be on a, a Texas lineman, yeah. I'm sure Caleb's value is even higher now that he's able to play for Oklahoma and it's crazy because he had no backup. So it wasn't like it's about playing time. He's going for I think which is the new age of what we're stepping into with the NIL. And that's college football free agency yeah. i think we should just change the name from the transfer portal and call it what it is because now it's not even about playing time <laughs> it can't be 
Because who was replacing Caleb? It's crazy. It's crazy. This is about getting the bag. And yeah, Caleb offered, you know, we lost him to the transfer portal yesterday. Uh, that was really on the low. Uh, wait, who, wait who, who is? Caleb offered. Oh, yeah. We lost him to the transfer portal yesterday. Uh, Michigan lost two kids, a linebacker and a defensive back that Notre Dame might want to look at to the transfer portal yesterday. One of them went to Arizona already. Yeah, one of them already. The linebacker committed to Arizona. Mm. and um, Which means that teams are talking to players through the yeah, season. Darian Green warrant. He's still open. And, heck, John Reese Plumley, the quarterback from uh, Mississippi, jumped in this not morning. He's the four star. So, like I said, let's let it let it play out. Let it play out. I see someone in the chat talking about AJ Henning, you know, possibly not being happy with the amount of touches he's getting at Michigan. Let it play out. Like Notre Dame lost out to AJ Henning. And if I'm Marcus Freeman, I definitely I'm getting dirty. I'm like, man, they don't appreciate you. <laughs> they don't appreciate you. You you decided to go there over Notre Dame originally. Yeah. Yeah. We'll appreciate you. We didn't just they hit with the, hitting with them. Didn't they forget your birthday, man? Yeah, oh, all of that. That's all up. of that. <laughs> Close to the home. All of that. I'm telling them everything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's what it's about. But we also have to have a little package over here too. You know, let's if we're gonna get dirty, let's get dirty. You know, let's let's slide a, a couple of duffels and stuff to get kids that are worthy <laughs> of a. Of a of a switch because that's what teams are doing to us, you yeah, know. Absolutely, like I said, if you're gonna be at the big boy table, hey, we can play these games too. Because that's the true difference. They play different games than guys that are, you know, just constantly just trying to get five hundred. And Utah lost a defensive man, Xavier Carlton, four star. Hey, look, everybody's losing except. I have yet to see a transfer for out from Alabama. Yeah. I'm, I'm honest. I'm looking the at kids the like, look, I know I may not play, but I want that ring, dog. <laughs> well, they have to wait until after the season as well. Yeah. So you probably won't see transfers from Alabama or Georgia until after the national championship game. But guys that are leaving Alabama are guys that are told to leave. You know, guys ain't just rather than, yeah, you know, yeah, I rather than out. yeah. But, I mean, I think Jamison might have been a little different just because that room at the time, I mean, he was there when Jerry Judy was there, Devontae Smith. Uh, you talking about you talking about when he was at Ohio State? You talking about Jamison, right? Yeah. No, you mean Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson. And no, Jamison. I'm saying the, the room before he was leaving. He was at Ohio State. Oh, I'm sorry. Back, yeah, back, back. Yeah, I had, I had it mixed up. Yes, so how even both both receiver rooms are deadly. Right, right. Yes. But I understand, you know, I understand you at Ohio State at that time where they had all those, they had younger guys, because they're isn't he the any older than Garrett Wilson? Yes. Yeah, so they when they came in, they was playing. Garrett Wilson came in playing. Right. So he probably right. felt the way, you know. So he felt yo, basically, and Jigba Smith came in a year after. <laughs> yes. He saw him on the field and was like. I'm not getting no let touches. Me get, yeah, let me get out of here, man. I'm not getting any touches. Let me go. Because Ohio here. State's telling those guys, you playing first day. Yeah. Regardless of what we got, you getting out there first day. 
That's that, what that told is. Marvin Harrison Jr. Right. He said, "This your bowl game. You know, right. it's time to step up." Right. So it's crazy, man. But I like the lug move to give us depth along the, the offensive line. Fosky will be back. Houston Griffith coming back. Maybe he wants a full offseason because, remember, he was recruited back. He was in the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. Freeman got the job, and Freeman recruited him back. Yeah, so he got a plan for it. To come back to the team. So it would make no sense for either to part ways, really. It just wouldn't. Like, yeah, okay. I just left. I was just about yeah. to leave. What you- <laughs> um. DJ Brown leaves. You have the two youngsters on the back end, Xavier Watts. They came over in the middle of the season. Now they both get to train at the position yeah. in the offseason. They get to lift specifically for that position instead of lifting for other positions and, and training. Bayless, man, I, hey, I, I got all trust in Bayless going to get them boys wherever they need to be in the weight room. Absolutely. Get them right. Get their minds right. Get their mental right. And uh, as our boy would say, y'all stick to your, get your mentals. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they're going to be ready to rock and roll for the spring. I believe that. So in essence, Notre Dame really hasn't had a defection that really makes me say, dang. You know? Like, and I really don't see anybody transferring that's going to make me say. Yeah, I think we got a bunch, like, right now, because it's getting so big in the transfer portal, yeah. it's a bunch of guys on the on the line. Like, it's like, you could be good, but I can see why it didn't work out. You know, a bunch of, yeah. a bunch of Jack Cones out there. Yeah. You know, with the right fit, they can be really good, but no, but, like, none of them are like Caleb Williams right now where – it's without a question. We got to get him on the phone, get him to campus. Yeah. Well, I do like Northwestern's guy that we talked about yesterday. I think because of the, the fit and because Pat Fitzgerald has been doing an amazing job putting out great players. I mean, two first rounders last year out of nowhere, nobody expected that. And just how they are big. I mean, I remember playing Northwestern. They secondary is looking like linebackers. Right. They, they were huge. Right. That was one of the biggest teams we played next to BYU was uh was Northwestern at that time, you know. Right. But this is a big weekend because Brandon Joseph, the transfer from Northwestern, should be on campus this week. And that's and that's exactly the, the fit that we, we would need. You don't even have to fly him in. You can just send a nice little SUV up to 94. That's right. Pick him All up black, drive him down two days, back up to Edmiston. Or yeah, he, can like stay, he can stay in star class. It's as simple as that. Put you on the hotel on campus, the little yes. Morrison, you right. know. And he he's a Northwestern guy. He's a smart guy, so he's used to seeing, you know, that type of stuff. So, if anything, that would be a great transfer. And talk to Ben Skoranek. Yeah. Ben will tell you he in the league right now because of the transfer. So Yeah, he would know. He could talk he to him know. like, hey. I know it what was it's just like. a year ago. Yeah. Yep. And an agency said an Uber X. That, yeah, that, that's, that's a Uber X. Good little write-off for the recruiting office. <laughs> or oh, even that luxury. Absolutely. No problem. Bring yeah, right we, can, we can afford that luxury now. Come on. Absolutely. Now. You, you're that close. <laughs> Absolutely. 
<laughs> Lucky Lefty Podcast, Sean Davis, my guy Malik Zaire, uh, wide receiver coach. Saw a lot of things in the uh, chat. The two names we've heard is Alabama's wide receiver coach, which is, man, a huge swing. Yeah. Holman Wiggins. And That's we already know. Attention. That's getting attention. Man. Because that Alabama. It's just Alabama's guy. He's interested. And then Jamarcus Shepard, who holds the same position at Purdue. And what you've seen at Purdue uh, is inconsistency. <laughs> no, 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 no. You don't think so? No, from wide receivers? Oh, 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 oh. I thought you meant from oh, a no, team. No, no. no wide receivers been great. Rondell Moore. Rondell Moore, Bell. Bell, yeah, hell yeah. Both of those? Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. He'll be great developing our slot receivers. Right. The Chris Finks, the Lindsays of the world. Right. Guy, which is Avery Davis, which would be great. For Tyler Buckner to to throw less further throws on the outside, focus more on the inside. So, yeah. So those are the two big names. Now, of course, to pull Holman from Alabama would be a coup. That'll change recruitment for us, though, too. And pulling him is all about relationships. So it might be tied to. All of these guys know each other. Yeah. You know, are cool with each other. Like Freeman knows, Mason. You know, they're all defensive coordinators. They're all brothers. And it ain't that many of them. And they're all recruit. <laughs> right. And it ain't that many of them. And they all recruit against each other. So now this like, is where work on the same team. Absolutely. This is where having relationships is a positive. It's a positive. Yeah. So now you know, you hit Derek Mason up like, bro. And then I you had to the, hit the real jackpot over here. Right. Who should I go holler at for wide receiver coach? Oh, man. Hit up hold. I'll have my guy. Like, he man, really- you think he'll want to leave Alabama? Heck yeah. yeah. Hit him up. Plus? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's, you know. How it happens. And the fact that he's interested. Because think about this. Where is Jeff Quinn getting hired if it wasn't by Brian Kelly? If it wasn't for Brian Kelly. Matter yeah, of fact, where is he, where is he getting hired at? After, 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 after we saw <laughs> what we saw from a game plan offensively from Cincinnati, I don't know what in the world make Brian Kelly thinks he should bring Denbrock down. Oh, yeah. Like, he bringing his that own. Was boys, that was horrible. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Not. Horrible game plan. You didn't, you didn't, he didn't get enough from the other six years he was the guy. You didn't get enough. Another, I mean, how many non scoring games do you need, dude? And he goes against Mike Denbrock and brings him down to Baton Rouge. Yeah, he ain't had nobody else. That's all that's saying. He ain't had nobody else. He couldn't get no young guy. You know, shoot, we might shoot if Joe Brady not doing nothing, he need to recruit Joe Brady too. <laughs> Just, just throwing yeah, that Joe out there. Brady might, yeah, J- Joe Brady's going to be out. If the news is correct, and the way everything went down, he he left on a Sunday, like yeah, just straight up, just bounced. But from what we, from what I've heard, Joe Brady's going to take a step back for a year mm. and kind of just come be an analyst for us. Come, David Cutcliffe, your way over at Notre Dame, man. <laughs> you know, we got room for all. <laughs> 
just take a nicer. I mean, what's a better step away than South Bend? Ain't nobody gonna find you out there, man. You just go hang around the office. Yeah. Drop in on on, on Tommy and, and and give some good plays that you ran with Joe Burrow to him. You know. I mean, hey, all hands in. They ain't got to be on staff. They can be around the, the city. You know, they ain't got to be on campus. You know what? Somebody just said something in the chat, and I want to bring it up. Going back to sending a ride up for Brandon Joseph. Pierre says, send BK's Escalade. Now, was that a, an official Notre Dame vehicle? Because if it was, we should have taken that back, right? Hey, Coach Kelly been there for 12 years. He got a lot of things that you're not going to see again for a long time. <laughs> I'm just saying. If it is an official Notre Dame vehicle, we need that back. We need that back. But Marcus, Marcus doesn't look like an Escalade guy to me. Man, we got to get him something fresh. I'm talking about one of them, the I-8s, you know, with a the green one. With a, with a, uh, he, needs, he needs a truck, though. He needs oh, a truck. Damn, you know, <laughs> Just for the family, he needs a truck. So oh, yeah, he need a he need a bus. You know, yeah, Mrs. Freeman, buses. Mrs. Freeman might be driving the truck. <laughs> yeah. and we can get him the luxury sedan. Yeah, we got whatever you want, man. Marcus Freeman, you can go ahead whatever and pick something, pick something out the lot. Make sure you get it four wheel drive. For sure. You know that nine months of snow is not gonna be pretty for no BMWs, you know. What I mean? Not the nine months of snow. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Ron Tuck, don't get why you want Houston back. He's always a step late. And the fact that he doesn't get it by now another year isn't going to change that this is the same old stuff. Ooh. Well, well, we're not Alabama, so we just don't tell kids like we don't want you. Yeah, we really ain't that at the luxury right now for that. And that's his that's really his decision on whether or not he wants to come back. And at this point, we lack depth. That's what we that's what we talked about in the wrap-up show. We lack talent, top-tier talent, and depth. Because so, the one thing you would would love Houston Griffin to be on the on the team with is if we do get short on depth, you look back, oh, we got Houston just I didn't even remember because we got so much talent. Yeah. You know, it's okay to have a lot of talent because the season gets long. Guys get hurt. Yeah. You know, think about our starting lineup against Florida State, it was not the starting lineup against Oklahoma State. You know, it was a bunch of changes. I'll let you have this one. This one is funny. Martin Phillips, appreciate you. You guys are making it out like Caleb Williams is Trevor Lawrence. Is Tyler Buckner Trevor Lawrence? <laughs> That's the question. If he is, then we shouldn't even be talking, right? I mean... Caleb Williams is a better quarterback than Brian Kelly ever produced at Notre Dame in 12 seasons. Brian Kelly, if he had Caleb Williams, matter of fact, scratch that. Caleb Williams in that quarterback room would raise the competition of everybody in there because who is Tyler being pushed by in the quarterback room at all? Nobody. Tyler's way more talented than all the guys in there. So in terms of pushing to get better for the season how how is that gonna how is that gonna work so i've never known us to not be a competitive team to where we're not competitive in position groups so that's one reason and the other reason is that nobody in this chat will say that tyler's beating alabama i feel really confident to say that 
Caleb Williams going to be in New York next year, no matter where he's at. And those are the type of players that it takes to beat the one game that we need. It's only one game. If we, if we were just trying to be good and this was a rebuild. Hey, he was in the Kaisman talk after his first four games. That's what I'm saying. If this was a rebuild type of season, then, yeah, and we're trying to just be eight wins better than last year or something, then, yeah, Tyler Buckley's a great fit. But if you think about it, Tyler and Caleb had some similar route. They didn't start right away. They got in here and there. But when they both got in, just different things happened from two different quarterbacks. One, like just two different things totally transpired. One, we like, okay, one guy's got to grow and, and, and get kind of the swing of things. And another guy's like, shoot, where has he been in, since the beginning? And that's an eye test. The other guy was like, get Spencer out of here. Yeah. Other guy was – and Spencer pre-season, was – Preseason Heisman candidate. Preseason Heisman. Tyler Buckman couldn't start over a guy that was get a fifth-year fifth guy that the starting there that he couldn't beat. We beat him by 40 points. <laughs> so if Tyler Buckner's not the, – the staff doesn't believe in Tyler Buckner more than Jack Cone. That tells you everything you need to know. Hey, your boy, uh, we we love Demetrius Rex. We love him, but you you bugging, dude. You bugging. You bugging. You're bugging. Just How? You bug. You can't. You have. There's nothing you can base that upon. Nothing. Yeah, that you can even base it on. Nothing you can base that upon. Man, You're man. hoping. We all hope that shit. I hope. I hope there was something that they just wasn't calling right. Or he, you know, he just wanted to get a full, I don't know. But I know that Caleb Williams is at the level of a Bryce Young. And Bryce Young is a Heisman winner. I mean, what are we What are we saying here? And it's like, look, man. Let's be real. Let's keep it a thousand, right? You see the talent at quarterback, right? <clears throat> Let's say Bryce Young was at uh Tennessee. Bryce Young isn't in the championship game. No. No. Because it just wouldn't be enough. Wouldn't be enough. So this goes back to that Trevor Lawrence question. Once that defense, that great defense of Christian Williams, Christian Wilkins, oh yeah, the three guys that went to the NFL in the first and second round. Once that defense, that great defense, and what's the kid that plays for the Cardinals? The linebacker oh, Isaiah Simmons. Isaiah ball. Simmons. Once he left, as great as uh, Trevor Lawrence was, did he win another national championship? <laughs> so, and he had to do, and he had to do everything. You know, to get back to playing Ohio State, I mean, oh, it was know, nobody people, but them. You people in the chat, well, he lost to this team. He lost to that team. He was in the Alamo Bowl. Yo, who cares? That's he's Oklahoma. Better, We're better than Oklahoma. Than, he's better than any quarterback on the current roster. Because we, we are talking about upgrading the roster, right? <laughs> That's it. That's, That's it. it. That's it. So you, more talent, you see, the same people in the chat are begging to go pick up a guy that's transferring from Michigan. 
Yeah. BB. You know why they're saying that? He's a transfer from Michigan, which means he wasn't getting ticked. At Michigan. But but you want him at Notre Dame because you saw Clarence Lewis. Keaton Slovis getting leaving. Right. And- it's like, come on, man. You want more talent on the roster at Notre Dame. And Caleb Williams would be more talent. Yeah, period. That's, yeah, period. Nothing, with nothing else. Has no other player involved. We just talk about going from a 89 to a 95. And you were joking when you said he played in the toilet bowl. He played in the hell of a bowl. <laughs> yeah, I mean, compared to the Fiesta Bowl, yeah, I mean, come on. Come on. Pierre. Uh, I think I, I, there it is. Look at this point. Since we are adding to the coaching staff, Freeman needs to take a yes. hard look at getting a quarterback coach. And no, nah, it's not happening. Oh, you don't think it's going to happen? No, no. That's one of the things I do know. Tommy's not. He's not going to be cool with it. Not, not at no, all. Tommy's not, not going to be cool with that quarterback coach. Not at all. Crystal Rose, thank you. I think you're a first time. This is the first time we've seen you. Maybe not. Slovis was a backup prospect and nothing more. If that's the case, then that was more disrespectful. Slovis is not going somewhere to be a backup. Why would you even call him a backup? Yeah, he was just starting. That's even crazier. That's even crazier. This kid is transferring from USC to go find Because he was a backup. He's not coming to your school to back up somebody that's never started a game. But you're the first one to call him. Yeah, that's what I'm like. We not so we're eager to call for backups now. It doesn't make a difference how you come at this Keaton Slovis thing. There is no way to protect Notre Dame from crazy in that situation. None. That looked crazy, crazy for Tyler Buckner for our recruiting assistants running down the hall. Yo, yo, Keaton Slovis just hit the portal. Come on, man. But we can't even call Caleb. <laughs> It's crazy. So what do we think? What do we think of Tyler? What do we think of Keaton Slovis? <laughs> he ain't even he ain't even kill us in the game. Respectful. Yeah, we just played Keaton Slovis. Like, damn, oh, the whole time you was probably plotting on him the whole time. Like, <laughs> good grief, the Malik. That's like me calling you. Like, <laughs> yo, let's take a trip. To Vegas, right quick, like you don't have an infant. <laughs> yeah. My kid is grown. Yeah, you like what's well, I, can, I can do what I want to do, but I yeah. hit you up just like I don't understand your situation. You're like, what, what's slowing you down? Yeah, like you're gonna bring Junior on the trip. <laughs> like you can just do that. It's like there is you can't. I don't care if it was one phone call. Yeah, it just it's doesn't crazy to crazy. call somebody that you know. Would have no interest in being a backup. They have none. Why are you calling? And why are you thirsty being the first call? That's what you call why? making excuses for bad decisions. That's what we got to get rid of. There's That's no more excuses for that. That's a bad look. That's a worse look than calling Caleb. Yeah, way worse than calling Caleb because at least okay. at least a guy like Tyler would be like, "All right, well, damn, it's just competition. I get it." You know, Tyler's like Keaton Slovis. I'm way better than him. It's funny, man. It's funny. It's like that's that's what we're talking about. Notre Dame fans, sometimes, man, we want to defend Notre Dame so bad. It's like so bad that we just want we don't, the we don't craziest have to. Takes. We don't have to. Everybody yeah. in life makes 
questionable decisions. Notre Dame can make some as well. It's cool. We're still yeah. the best product in college football. We're still the best product. We just act yeah. like we're the worst product. Still the best fan base. We love all of y'all. <laughs> we can differ in opinion. But, man, we don't have to get defensive. That was crazy. That yeah. whole Pete Slovis, I'm in the middle of my workout. I had just pushed the button. Like he was almost saying, like, can you believe these guys done called me and I was doing something? They thirsty for me. Yo, I saw the preview for this new the new movie coming out. They they were calling that dude stalking him like they were like it was a screen movie. Keaton, what are you doing? <laughs> I see you're on the workout bench. Come on, man. Like because what do we if if that's the case? What is the conversation? Hey, I mean, we had to call you as soon as you got in just to tell you we want you to be a backup. We want to be first call to let you know we really want you as a backup to a guy that's never started for real. Come on, man. From all angles, that's just a really bad optics were just really bad. They're just really bad. Yeah. For for for, for, for trying to meet the expectation of being one game better, and you didn't want, you didn't think it would get out. You didn't think it would get out. But your boys tapped into college football, man. And that cat Keaton Slovis was like, "Nope, let me release." Yeah, you know all the all the damn all the damn radio shows now. He gonna let he gonna let it fly. <laughs> Lucky Lefty podcast. Let's see. Uh, okay, this you read this one, bro. Andres, what's up? Day one, we appreciate you. No way, no way you can tell me. Caleb Williams, TV, Pine, in a QB room is better than TV, Pine, and Jelly, even if TV turns out way better. Than yeah, it's just, man, listen. Tyler is very, very, very athletic. I think he's got really good dynamic ability he can do more than what you would drop on the chalkboard him and caleb together i think is better than a good portion of a lot of quarterback rooms in college football yeah so them two alone can can make a room really competitive we don't know anything about angeli to even put him in that conversation but i'm assuming that he's not better than caleb or Tyler Buckner. I think him and Drew Pine might, you know, fight it out or something, but I think Drew Pine would be a great mediator between having a Caleb and a Tyler because it's more of a balance, you know. So yeah, I don't believe that an L Ed Jelly Room and a non-Caleb room would be better. Lucky Lefty Podcast. Um Ryan Mason comes over from Cincinnati to be the special teams coach. Hopefully he can uh, get somebody back there that won't wave their hand 90% of the time. Bro, yeah, it's like it's like what we we put a guy back there <laughs> to not be a threat. I'm sure they was like, no, they ain't gonna walk on that part return. Who is this guy? Oh man. Man. Matt 2011 GT said, not sold on Tommy Turnover. Has that BK thing. Being afraid of the, the, the hottest girl in school. <laughs> that can't be us, man. That, that was Notre Dame. 
at least pass him a pass her a note and say with the little check boxes, yes, no, maybe. You know, or we gotta... either either you're scared or you're the jock that thinks everybody's supposed to come up to you. I think that's more in line what it is. And you're arrogant. And when that, when that girl ignores you and then ends up with a regular dude, then you want to catch an attitude. Yeah, like you real you real salty because she wants the basketball player that's showing her love. You know what I mean? <laughs> hey, what oh, you trying no. to say about basketball players, bro? Nah, basketball players, you know, they just a little different than a basketball a team players pull more than football players anyway in high school. What are you talking about? See, you don't went to you a basketball state. Here we go, dude. You a basketball state. Go down to go down to California, Florida, Texas. You go to any Florida school in high school, they ain't showing no love, no basketball player. The last basketball player from Florida was Vince Carter. That was you even Carter, you just see, you just went to a school where the basketball was questionable. So that's it. That's all. That's all. That's all. You just went to you just went to a school where basketball was questionable. You know what I'm saying? Like you take take a school like Florida. They were winning, but you had Joaquin Noah down there. I guarantee you, Joaquin Noah did more damage than anybody on that football squad. Man, t- cut it out. Wait a minute. What? That's the same year as Tim Tebow and Chris Leakey and them boys down there with with Urban Meyer. I, I hope it was. Oh, oh, you know, hey, you know that year. Joaquin Noah has some legendary stories. My Not boy. over no Florida football team. I that bet it, bet it, <laughs> bet it. That's a crazy time. Bet it, bet it. <laughs> The train weight, the training is shorter, the training is shorter, and the season is short. Listen, football players know how to move around, man. That's all. All I'm saying, Florida, is, and Florida's not that big of a place either. All I'm saying is, Joaquin Noah was working with back-to-back national championships. That's all I'm saying. It's hard to go up against that. Listen, I think it's uh at Notre Dame. I think football's winning. Let's be honest. Oh, oh well, at Notre Dame. I, okay, I might rock with you on that. I might rock with you on that. I might rock with you on that. Even though our basketball team been, you know, sneaky good. Raheem Pelham, thank you for the super chat. We appreciate you so much. Not an overreaction from the Fiesta Bowl. The lack of elite talent at corner always shows itself big in games. Need upgrades and recruiting at cornerback. Well, I mean, we kind of knew that. Look, recruiting, recruiting. Game, so <laughs> we didn't need to see the Fiesta Bowl to know that. Like, well, we were talking about that. And look at the lack of any DBs in that class. Yeah. But you know, you got to give us some credit too. Now, we did graduate a whole class of secondary into the NFL 2018 19. So that, you know, Maybe the, the lack of depth comes from us popping kids out to the league. Uh, well, I'm such a great coordinator. I'm going to get a mediocre quarterback to show you how amazing I am. Well, that was, you know, that was the goal of the former was to make sure that they, that they got the glory and not the players. It was not about the players. And – I don't know. I mean, I mean, if you think about it, throwing in six players, throwing in sixty-eight times with an average quarterback, that that gives me a little of that BK as well. Because if we won that game, what do you think they would have talked about? 
Tommy Reese, totally different identity. Turn Jack Cohn into Tom Brady for the ball game. 68-70 passes, most ever in Notre Dame history. Oh, Tommy Reese is the GOAT. Come on. Tommy, we appreciate you. How do you explain that Envy was the first to call Slovis but doesn't make a call to Caleb? I'll play devil's advocate for a second, right? The Slovis call came before they really got to see Tyler at practice for the bowl game. So for immediately after the Fiesta Bowl, Tommy Reese goes on with Brady Quinn and basically says, we're getting ready, getting Tyler ready to lead this team. That sounds like Tyler is the guy. He should so be. If they've been sold that Tyler is the guy, then maybe that that's why they don't call Caleb. I'm just playing, how, trying to say how, what's in his mind. How um, much do you think Tyler could have gotten better after a full season? In that little 15 practices <laughs> for them to be like, you know what? He's got it. I couldn't imagine how many pass. I mean, these practices must have been pretty damn amazing. Could have been how many passes could he have thrown to convince the staff to not play him in the ball game at all? And we threw it 68 times. So that so don't we didn't give him no passes in a in a ball game where he threw it 68 times because it is his team. That's not convincing. It's too many, it's too many drop-offs in the story. If that's your guy, then 68 passes, he would have at least got five. Man. So now you're going into the offseason with a quarterback that has thrown less than what? 20 passes all season? Yeah. And you saying that's your guy? I don't think that's your guy. <laughs> now, an example of your guy would be a Caleb Williams, but we knew. Spencer Rattler was Lincoln Riley's guy. But Lincoln Riley had to come home and see them chickens roost, man. He's like, look, Caleb, I got to let you play. <laughs> That's an example of that being my guy, too. He's like, I cannot lose this Texas game. Not no this. way. So get in there. Yeah. Now, I understand if, you know. Go ahead. Cone was doing great in the first half, but hey, everybody cools off. I've never seen a quarterback have anything better than a 50% completion percentage throwing the ball 70 times a game. So at some point, you know what I mean? We got to commit. I got Lilo Galante. Sean played trumpet in high school. First of all, <laughs> that, first of all, don't get it twisted. What? You need to go check the archives of the Chicago Sun-Times and the Chicago Tribune. Oh, newspaper. For basketball and baseball. Don't get it twisted. <laughs> Don't get it twisted. You're gonna have to put them clips. Yeah, up. I'm not I'm not this, I'm not a nerd. <laughs> it depends on analysis to talk about the game. Uh, and I wasn't just pulling them at Morgan like Park. That, I was at Whitney Young, Hyde Park, Kenwood. I was everywhere. With no, the letter that. Hey, don't do that to him, chat, man. No, look. No, don't don't play. You better you better learn about me in these Chicago streets. You better know. I had the 90s on lock. Yeah. 
Straight up. Straight up. 90s, best time in high school. But, but see, our football team was horrible, though. See, that was the thing. I think that was the thing. I think that's what it is. If you went to a school where the football squad was horrible, see, like, Simeon, they don't basketball, have no football basketball's definitely killing football. Yeah, Simeon. they don't got no football team at Simeon, do they? Yeah. Their football team is actually, it's just not at the level of the basketball squad. The question is, do they got turf? Well, everybody on the south side plays at the same field. Oh, okay, okay. I was about to yeah. say it. They ain't got no goddamn We team. have our own practice fields, which pretty much is the park district. <laughs> and then we play at the central field, which is Gately State. Okay. But Simeon got their own gym, though, right? Is, oh, yeah. They, they do. They have a Ben Wilson gym that's like immaculate. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And they got LeBron James logo on the front of the gym. How? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's. It's. It's, yo. Oh man, that's a yeah. Weird. And Morgan Park was the same way as Simeon. It was it was all basketball. Okay. It was all basketball. So our football team, our football team got better. Matter of fact, after I left, uh, we had a, a Demetrius. Uh, I think his name was Demetrius Robertson. He played. Mm. He played like he started two games. At oh, uh, Notre right. Dame, the quarterback. Mm, that's he right. Came, that's he right. came from Morgan Park. And then he eventually transferred to Georgia Tech, I believe. Mm. Yeah. But, yeah, we don't produce too much. Carlton Neal was a defensive end from Morgan Park who played for Tennessee uh, in the late 90s, early 2000s. Uh, we had a couple of wide receivers that went to the Big Ten. Yeah. You know, but, you know, not a factory. Nothing like that. Not like your high school where, you know, football was king. Yeah, but it's snow nine months out of the year in Chicago. So what what can you Stop really saying expect? that, man? Stop <laughs> saying that, man. I'm trying to give y'all some credit on Chicago. You're good. you're good from April to October in Chicago. <laughs> April, April to October. <laughs> you might want to get you a nice home somewhere else. That's funny. For the rest of the year, but April to October, you're good. It's the best city October in the world. October is hot in a lot of places. Through October, we had like an 80 degree day. Yeah, October usually like, try to, you know. It was real nice up here. <laughs> you see people laughing at us in the chat. <laughs> Let's see. Slope uh, is going to room with Clarence Lewis. Come on, man. Matt, <laughs> Matt is being real petty today. Hey, Clarence, room, Clarence might not have a room. <laughs> real petty today. Real tall. Real sports talk with Alex. Hey, Caleb, Coach Reese calling. You interested in being a backup? Tyler is our guy. <laughs> yeah, like, come on. Like, what are we talking about here? Oh, man. Hey, look, Notre Dame fans, we ain't calling nobody that we not interested in picking up. We not calling nobody to just sit on our team because that's what we got walk-ons for. Let's see. Remember when BK made Tommy throw 68 times? <laughs> Oh man, yeah, Tommy was like, he didn't do it. That's why I'm doing. People saying Pine is the guy is why we'll never get elite quarterbacks. I mean, dude, look, Drew Pine is just that guy everybody loves on the squad. Drew Pine wouldn't have been recruited by no, wouldn't been recruited by Alabama, wouldn't been recruited by Georgia, wouldn't been recruited by Ohio State or Clemson. So what I'm saying is that we're giving guys chances that wouldn't get chances no other place at the level of the school that we think we are. Yeah. 
Clemson ain't going out their way. Hmm, Trevor Lawrence or Drew Pine. <laughs> Kay Kubinek or Drew Pine. Yeah, yeah. So we're not even in the same area code as other schools in recruiting quarterbacks. We all the way in the forest. They in the city or something. It's crazy. Yeah. Our girl, DBZ, day one. We appreciate you. Different question, but was Ben Wilson really that dude? It's going to sound really hyperbolic because I'm from Chicago, so automatically people are like, oh, you're from Chicago. Um, people cried that day. I, I, don't, I, city. I don't want to talk about – this will sum it up. I remember where I was. I remember being in the basement, watching it on the afternoon news. And when I tell you people that had no connection to the school or to him across the city, Doc cried. I'm talking about bald. That lets you know how big he was in Chicago. The entire city was bawling, crying. That's how cold he was. And the first time I saw him was at a pro-am. My uncles, all of my uncles played for Western House. Did he have more hype than Derrick Rose, though? Heck yeah. More hype than Derrick Rose? He Rose didn't pick up hype until, like, his junior season. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't like until his junior season. He was nowhere near. Because Ben Wilson was tall, too, right? Ben Wilson was, like, 6'7". Yeah, yeah, so that in high school, you definitely getting the attention. Six, seven, six, eight with handles. It's ridiculous. He's ridiculous. And so the 89, he was supposed to be on the 89 squad in Champaign that lost to Michigan in the final four. Mm. So, like, Illinois fans are like, yo, if he was there, there's no Fab Five. We, we killed the dude. They would have been the original Fab Five. Mm. You know, so that's just to sum it up. Like, I don't, it's no need to even talk. Look, go watch the ESPN 30 for 30. The entire city. It wasn't just like Simeon students like crying. It was students all over the city. Because like I said, back in the day, it's not the same now. Like, you didn't have the indoor facilities. You didn't have the AAU circuit the way it was back then. Yeah, it was so basketball is more rare. Because Nick Anderson went to Simeon, but Nick Anderson lived on the west side and went to Prosser. But because back in the day, your boy knew somebody. You call, like, man, we hooping. You hop on the train. You go get on the train, go to the west side to hoop with your boy's friend. He becomes your friend. Now y'all got a team. (laughs) You convince him to come to Simeon and transfer from Prosper. Mm. But in the summer, y'all still go to the west side to play in pro-ams against NBA players. And the pro-ams used to be outside at Columbus Park. So I remember as a kid being on my uncle's shoulders, watching Nick Anderson and watching Ben Wilson at a pro-am. Wow. That was the first time I saw him. And I know that you was a shorty, shorty. You know? So, yeah, he was huge. He was man. He was huge. He was that dude. Damn. 
Uh, Robert Tidoff, did you know Arthur Agee and William Gates from Hoop Dreams? No, I didn't know them personally. I know people that did know them, but I didn't know them personally. I didn't know them personally. But once again, those were guys that William Gates really didn't have buzz in the city. Okay, can I keep it a thousand? If you play for, if you play, it's still the same. If you're not a public league basketball player and you play in the suburbs of Chicago or you play for a, a suburban school, we don't respect you. Like Vernon Hills? Vernon Hills. He went to St. Joe's, right? Oh, okay. Catholic school in the suburbs. He's like, we didn't respect like dude. Okay. Even Isaiah if he was Thomas, nice. But see, Isaiah Thomas went to St. Joe's. But Isaiah Thomas was like deep in the West. Like he was West Side, West Side. Yeah, some roots. He was too, but his legend wasn't as big as Isaiah Thomas. Right. You know, but it's like, yeah, we, we give Proviso East and Proviso West, they're right on the border of the West Side of Chicago. So they, they produce a lot of hoopers like Sherelle Ford, Mike Finley, Donnie Boyce. So we respect them. Mm-hmm. And then you got Thornton, out was like on the southern edge of Chicago, uh, that produced uh, Ty Streets in the NFL, Napoleon Harris in the NFL, Antoine Randuel in the NFL, uh, Eric Herring, and Melvin Eli. Like yeah. that was their starting five, and they beat Kevin Garnett and Ronnie Fields. Damn, downstate. KG. It took five of them to do it. Yeah. But like literally five professionals beat Ronnie Fields and Kevin Garnett by two points. That was like one of the greatest semifinals I've ever watched. Damn. Ever. Because who knew those five kids from Thornton would end up being yeah, professionals in right. the NBA and the NFL? Nobody knew that. And who knew that Antoine Randuel was going to end up? He was a little point guard. It turned out to be one of the best Big Ten quarterbacks in Indiana. No, one of the best up. receivers for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And Pittsburgh Steelers, yeah, won a Super Bowl. So, yeah, that's that's the talent in the Chicago area. But it's not the same because it's been a lot of migration to the south, you know, out of the state because of jobs and taxes. Yeah. A lot of those kids and their families and later generations moved down to Texas and Atlanta and other states. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. See if we have any other questions, man, before we get to it. So when we bench Tyler, who are we playing? <laughs> See, I'm not hearing what we're saying now. We 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 want Tyler, but we also want guys if they can be better or push Tyler, because that's what we would want for any other position. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hugh Kibbs, 97, day one. We appreciate you. I think we can all agree that the 23 defensive defensive commits are lights out. My question is, when are the offensive commits going to come along? Once we get a couple factors, we get a quarterback or Marcus Freeman gets his hand in that bag real deep and pull out some blue faces for them guys to start. <laughs> and also – Or beat Ohio State. And also that wide receiver coach is going to be very important. That's a very important hire. The wide receiver coach. We Most have definitely. To, Most we definitely. Have to get that right. Because you gotta hit, you gotta hit kids on 
are you going to get me to the league, which happens a couple ways? Am I going to play early? Yep. And am I going to get developed by a great quarterback coach? Yeah. Or am I going to have somebody great throwing it to me? Because those are three ways that I know I can get to the league the fastest. Play early, a guy that's great throwing it to me, or a guy that's a great coach that's getting me right enough to get to the league. If you can get those one of those three, it don't got to – it could be all three. I mean, you can see examples of it being all three at Ohio State, at Alabama, at a, you know, even a Georgia in some cases. So those are the three factors it takes to get a receiver. All right, let's go. It's time to get petty. Oh, we did a good job executing. Are you upset with something? And fire up the Petticoat Junction train. I just don't like you. You don't? No. What is today's petty historic? Any story of the day. I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna put Marcus Freeman on the petty train today. That's right, you heard it. MF goes on the uh, petty train because he finally jumped up to the big boy table and he's saying, "I can play it like you can play it. I can be petty just like you. I can talk to kids that are committed to you." And that's and that's a good step. Yes, yes. Because if he wasn't petty enough to do that. We'll be in this eternal losing in the playoff cycle. And he's also petty for going after coaches that are on staffs like Alabama, using his relationships to go and take what's rightfully his and what's rightfully ours as a fan base. We need great coaches. We deserve great coaches at Notre Dame. It's time yes, for us to have great coaches. It's time. And and and, and you know what? It's time because all the attention has been on one guy. Absolutely. Marcus Freeman is spreading love. He even let Tommy ride the PJ. <laughs> and the pay scale is different. So, you know, we, we're trying to spread the love and it's going to help because now more guys are going to want to come. You know what? We broke the news last night on our podcast. And, bro, I'm sorry. I know that's your guy, but I got to put Kayla Williams on the petty train, bro. He didn't have to say we didn't have a shot at all. But that's not why I'm putting him on the petty train. <laughs> he said he, he said we're on the hit list, bro. <laughs> like what, dude? The old regime is gone. That's not, that wasn't us. That wasn't Marcus Freeman. He said gone but not forgotten. He said oh. I, I he said I was probably waiting for that pot of gold to sit in my mailbox getting home. I thought I'd put up 400 yards on offense. And, and and to come to find out that's not true. And y'all recruiting Jack Cole? Oh yeah, I gotta I gotta beat for y'all. So damn. <laughs> man, he don't have he doesn't have to do that, man. He doesn't have to put us on the hit list. Said and he said he got Texas already. He already he said got I already got Texas. I said, oh man. <laughs> He's petty for that, bro. It wasn't bad enough that he said no, we don't have a shot. Then he goes and puts us on a hit list. So Marcus Freeman, Caleb Williams, we had to put them on the petty train today, man. But Marcus Freeman is a good petty. 
Real good Petty. Hey, hey, if Petty is what wins, then I like it. Nick Saban is definitely Petty. 100%. (laughs) It was reported he was talking to Jameer Gibbs halfway through the season at Georgia Tech. So it's like, it doesn't get any more pettier than that. It doesn't. But, you know, the best thing about it is, is that Marcus Freeman is going to find his stride as a coach. Right now, yeah. he's just too too much of a player. He's too humble, too open, too honest. You know, he's going to get some edge to him where he might have to be slot, maybe here or there, and how he talks about the team, but it's all for the good benefit of us winning a championship. So, Harry Heastan is official, signed. The announcement is coming. James Laurinaitis, official. Announcement coming. Foskey to make his decision on January the 8th, whether or not he goes or stays. We think more than like, not more than likely, he's staying. Because he, what did uh, he make an announcement for? Yeah. <laughs> Aaron Kearney, former director of recruiting. Uh, we appreciate all your efforts and everything you did for the university and the football Love program. As you said, he's a really good dude. And uh, he's moving on from that position. And then uh, Dale Alexander, um, we have reported and or it was reported that he was told after the game, after Fiesta Bowl, that he would no longer be the coach at Notre Dame for wide receivers. Uh, correct that. He was actually told before the game, and he informed the players before the game as well. I know there are a lot of people that are upset about that. They felt like that was out of character and not the right thing to do going into an important game. But either way, Moving on to bigger and better things. And then Brian Mason is your new special teams coach at Notre Dame. Thanks, everybody. LL Nation, we support you, and we thank you for your support. We appreciate you. Don't forget, subscribe, share, like, hit the like button. We got 282 in the room watching today. Hit the like button. Matter of fact, we don't care if you hit the dislike button. Hit something. Let us know what you think about the Lucky Lefty podcast get in the comments we respond to all comments as always to ll nation have a great day spin it different we are the lucky lefty podcast also available on apple Podcasts. if you search a2s network you'll be able to listen to us on apple Podcasts as well for the original malik uh, lucky lefty malik Zaire, i'm sean davis we'll see you guys tomorrow morning at 9 a.m with more Notre Dame content. Have a great